Hello, welcome to Love Food, Hate Money, the show where we talk about how much we love food and we prove it by spending our money on it. My name is Jonah. I'm going to be one of your hosts. This is co-host Courtney. Hey. And let's jump into a drink for the day. What red are we wine. Drinking? Red, red wine. Do you know what kind of red wine it is? You're the one that poured it. Did you read it at all? I didn't read it, but let me taste it. Okay. This is where we see if you've learned anything. Okay, so last time when I tried to think of white grapes that I knew, I was wrong. Um, you know red grapes? Yeah. This one tastes like one that you said was Syrah last time. This, this is Syrah? Oh my goodness. Now I'm wondering if you actually read the bottle. <laughs> Are you accusing me of cheating? Yes. There's no stakes, this isn't even a game. It's always a game. Yeah, 100% Syrah from the Rhone. It's really good. Uh, 2019, Elaine, I'm not sure how to pronounce that word. Elaine Vosge, Vosge, uh, I think it's just Vosge because it doesn't have any accents on it. But yeah, it's from the Cornas Appalachian, so the sub-appalachian within Northern Rhone, I believe. Uh, tasted this in wine tasting class. What do you taste? Mm, it's really dark and rich and... Like dried fruit? Yeah, dark fig is what I got on it. It tastes like the actual like fig of a fig newton blackberry. Yeah. Uh, when we tasted it the first time. It's lost a little bit of its luster since we tasted it. It's still got like the peppercorn quality you would want from a Syrah. It's not quite as gainy as when I it like was first opened up. I like the way it dries up. out my mouth. Yeah, fairly tannic. It's tasty. Really good wine. Mm-hmm. And it was free. And you know what tastes best? Free yeah. wine. And freeze a strong. Well, you pay, pay for your tasting, but you got to bring some home. That's that true. part was free. Yeah, really good. If you like Syrah, yes, Syrah for me. <laughs> <laughs> I hear we have some sad news. Yes, it is the the end of an era, the passing away of the McRib. She was a bad mother. <laughs> she showed up only once a season and would leave left for an extended period of time, came back, and she's finally passing away for real. She is survived by her son, Banquet's Classic Backyard Barbecue Frozen Single Serve Meal, 10.45 <laughs> ounces. Um, it was really funny because we both actually hadn't had a McRib until we were like, well, it's the quote farewell tour. So We tried it for you guys. Between and- this and Elton John, it's a year of goodbyes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we tried it. And as soon as I bit into it, I was like, I've had this before, but I couldn't like quite pinpoint why. And so I was like, I think frozen food. And yeah, found it. The backyard barbecue meal. It's funny because it's got mesquite barbecue sauce over rib shaped patty in parentheses (laughs) made with pork and chicken. That's like the front of the box. They're very aware (laughs) that it's questionable. Um, But yeah, it's straight up like same, same. So when you all are sad that it's gone, just go buy that frozen dinner meal, get a roll, get some bread, wonder bread, a roll if you really want to have that quote McRib roll. I think that's what it's called on the McDonald's app, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> and then, yeah, just a couple pickles and some raw onion and you've got yourself a, a slapstick fix. I have to say the texture of the meat on the McRib, meat if we can even call it that, um, was so just unappetizing to me. Wrong. And it was like weirdly chewy. It was, uh, yeah, it was like jerky QQ. It, it, was, it was great. Not, it, it was plush. It chewed back. I didn't like it. <laughs> it, t- it, it I, like, the sauce wasn't bad. And, like, obviously pickles and onions, like, those are good. But the texture of the meat. 
it's funny because conceptually that whole sandwich is just like Texas barbecue, the right. sandwich where you got like simple, simple white carb, raw pickle, onion, and then your barbecue. Raw pickle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't want to. No cooked pickles. Here. That's my bad for talking about my raw pickle. Um, and then we went out and tried, we tried to try, this is really what happened, the Arby's Double Dare chicken sandwich. The Diablo Double Dare, because we missed it the first time, because I don't know how to read, <laughs> and there weren't enough good picture books for me to figure out how to get that sandwich. So we went the day after they stopped <laughs> serving it, and... So Dude, we, the amount of sad you were when that happened was I almost so cried, funny. for real. <laughs> I sat and just l- looked at my phone like, no, no, no. <laughs> so yeah, uh, redemption tour of sorts. So nope. we went, <laughs> we went, tried it, uh, ordered it through their app, got there, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't have the sauce for it. We can still make it for you." And at that point, I was just like fully committed. I was like, "I don't know what else I'm gonna eat right now." So just send it. So we got their uh, the roast beef one and the chicken one, and it was gross. It was okay at best. <laughs> Arby's is still like a really expensive subpar fast food option. Except for the roast beast, because that Look, uh, is fine as is, cheddar, but it's so expensive. Every once in a while, I get it. You know what? That's fine. Um, my sister says the euros are really, really great. Um, my brother, the Mediterranean heritage that you come from. So, well, <laughs> well, it's funny because my brother was telling me he used to work for a pizza place that was owned by people who owned a bunch of Arby's franchises, right? Uh huh. And the pizza place would source their Euro meat from the same place that Arby's did because they already had the account. That makes sense. And he was like, actually, like, on a pizza, not bad. Fine enough. But the chicken patty on the chicken sandwich was just. She was thin. She was dry. It It had the dryness. For those of you that haven't watched it, you should watch Fast Foodies on (laughs) HBO Max. Or I think, I don't remember what show it actually aired or what channel. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, that's where we stream it. But it was actually on, I think TBS was the original network that it was on. But regardless, there's an episode with Ron Funches. I love him. uh, Doing Wendy's spicy chicken sandwiches. And everyone should just watch that because he's hilarious. We should do a whole episode on that show. I love that show. It is quality content. Uh, What are we here to talk about today, though? We're here to be thankful. I'm thankful that you make yummy food. Amen. I'm thankful that people tip you well. Amen. <laughs> That's how we have to end. Every thanks is just a just a prayer. <laughs> we're halfway there. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving traditions. Um, obviously, it's that time of year. Um, Deck the halls with bowels of stuffing. Fa la 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 la. Honestly, why are there no Thanksgiving songs? It's a really good point. Um, singing about food is already gluttonous. Like the whole and? the whole holidays about gluttony and other things. <laughs> Just insert other things. That's what I'm going to say every time I'm about to say something wildly inappropriate <laughs> and other things. Just like the censor. <laughs> I mean, John said he could censor it, so you could be like and other things. Um. Yeah. So Thanksgiving, like growing up for me, it's always been my favorite holiday. And it's just because of good Thanksgiving, food. yeah. Um, not the historical context and other things. <laughs> um, and then you know it's funny because then we got together, and then you hated Thanksgiving, and then Thanksgiving became something that I loathe deeply. 
And I mean this with no offense to Jonah's family, but it was different. Yeah. Than what I was used to. My family was, uh, especially when you came around, by that point, it was very slapstick, put it together. Like, not the most thoughtful Thanksgiving. It was (laughs) as fast and convenient as you can get with it. Um, And other things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you have an aunt who spends a lot of time. She makes things from scratch. Her food's good. Yeah. Like, she's solid. Her stuffing um, but balls there, are yummy. There was also the year, casserole. though, where the turkey sat in the oven for two hours when the oven was not on. Like, it was just warming up. It but was But that chilling. wasn't her fault. She actually saved the turkey that year. Yeah. Or tried to. There was also the turkey that was boiled, steamed, and... Boiled, lit, mashed, stick it in the <laughs> stew. It was hobbitized, and it was... It was um, not the best turkey that I've had. Gray and falling off the bone. And that was different. And dry. <laughs> Which is a, it was a really funny, like, it's impressive to be swimming in sauce and dry. Yeah. That it's, it goes against nature. It's different. And in, in my house growing up, my dad would start cooking Thanksgiving um, usually three days beforehand. And that doesn't include like thawing and brining the turkey. Because they, they bought dinosaurs and cooked them in the oven low and slow. <laughs> Just right. To, the three-day turkey. Well, the most important thing was making the uh, cast iron skillet cornbread and sure. then letting it dry on the counter overnight. To get the staleness. Yeah, you need the staleness or it's not right. Sure. Yeah, the cornbread stuffing is always really good. Is it dressing or is it stuffing? You all make dressing because you don't stuff it because you're very anti-stuffing. I just Because you watched Alton Brown talk about stuffing one time <laughs> and you were like... <laughs> Well, God said no. Um, I think that the texture of bread stuffed into the cavity of a turkey is just not for me. It's got that yum yum goo. I I think flavor wise, like you can get a lot of delicious flavor from the turkey. Um, but say it. I yum yum goo. No, <laughs> the texture is just not it for me. Yum yum goo. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving food tradition? The day after Thanksgiving, back when the Ellingsons were alive, was always fun because that's what was that was potato caucus day. And they are potato caucus are potato. No, the Ellingsons. You gave dead. me context. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. My great grandparents, Mervin and Joletta. Yeah. Oh, the Ellingsons. May they rest in pieces right next to the McRib. <laughs> 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 but they yeah so that was the they were the epicenter of most of the the thanksgiving traditions like thanksgiving was we'll go over to the beaumonts which is my grandparents on my mom's side of the family but the ellingsons were my dad's grandparents so they're my great-grandparents on that side of the family and yeah they were probably the most consistent thanksgiving uh that we would go to because there was lots of different holidays that i went to every holiday Five Thanksgivings, ten Christmases, partridge in a pear tree. Oh, my God. Courtney was in for some culture shock when she met me. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so they would do, I can't remember if it was Polish, Scandinavian, something like that. Uh, I can't remember what, I think it was from, I think it was a Grandma Alliance in tradition. So, whichever, whatever she was, (laughs) not McRib, um, McRibbies, she would make the, so it was always instant potatoes. Um, which work really well for it. Um, it's basically potato flatbread. So they would take the leftover and some potato mashed potatoes from the day before, and they would incorporate more flour. I think there had to be egg as a binder or milk. I'm not quite sure what they used to rehydrate it, but they would mix it with the flour and basically make a flatbread. 
And then we would slap some margarine and granulated sugar in between it and roll it up. And it was like a dessert breakfast thing. I don't know. We always it was always made in the morning. So we'd eat it as like the breakfast as the weirdest depression era potato cinnamon roll. And that's a patata caca. Wow. Some people would also use them to for the leftovers as like a wrap. Yeah. I was trying to look it up. It looks like the word caca is um, <laughs> <laughs> Swedish in this um, Swedish, in okay. This form. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, the cacas, okay. Caca poopoo. And other things. <laughs> You're on one today. <laughs> I just got back from disc golf, so my, I'm, I'm firing on all cylinders. I accidentally threw my disc almost into a separate zip code because it's stuck on my finger. I let go of it, and I didn't even know where it went. I had asked people, I was like, did you see where it went? You know how hard it is to throw a Frisbee and have no goddamn clue <laughs> where it went? And this segment is sponsored by Donald Hawk. Thanks, Donald. Thank you, Donald. <laughs> um, I feel like there's also a story around the Ellingsons in regards to a turkey baster. Yes. Um, that was when Grandpa Ellingson was on the decline and was using the, I don't know why they had multiple turkey basters, but there was a turkey baster that he would use as a, like a, to help with a catheter situation. <laughs> um, my aunt had to like figure out with some deep investigation on which turkey baster that was. So it could be quarantined from the actual, uh, I wish there was, I could remember more details to that story other than like, that's. That was a thing. That was how that that was the turkey that that baster was basting that year. Um, yeah, guys, it's not a unitasker. It can be used multiple ways. You can, where there was a will, there was a way. <laughs> um, I think my favorite thing will always be the cornbread dressing. I think that it's like the most delicious, like massive ingredients. Yeah, it was all. All things that are good, aromatics, cornbread for sweetness, the cranberry for sweetness. The, the cons. And then the separate batch that my dad made. So my one sister with a questionable nut allergy didn't die. I mean, we're all allergic to questionable nuts. That's a given of life. <laughs> um, That's why the turkey baster was quarantined. <laughs> uh, he did. My dad would do everything from scratch. So he would roast the turkey, take the drippings, he'd make the gravy, um, my sister, one of them, is in charge of the mashed potatoes. She's the queen of mashed potatoes. Um, so that always included a giant pot on the stove. Uh, the funny thing, though, is where we start to differ from the scratch cooking is when you got into the casseroles. And it's the one thing that I've been trying to get my family off of for years, and they just won't convert. Truly my like favorite thing that you make for our Thanksgiving. And it's funny because I deeply deeply loathe green bean casserole growing up. Well, yeah, because the, the canned stuff. Canned green beans, canned mushrooms, canned, canned although. Well, the, it's mm, cream of mushroom soup. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's wild. Although the onions. The onions. The French's onions are. They're perfect. Top tier. Good food. Throw that for everyone that only buys them for Thanksgiving. Put them on more things. Here's your announcement that you should. They're just perfect little crispy onion bits. Buy your fast food burgers and have French and nut French. Or make homemade burgers and put fried onions on it. No, we're we're going for lazy here. You oh. can upgrade anything. <laughs> you got a Wendy's. You got a Wendy's little bacon double cheeseburger. Throw a little crispy onion on there. You got a little extra texture. Some of that good oniony salty flavor. Wonderful. Okay, hot take. 
Um, and then the sweet potato casserole, always out of a can. And my mom always burns the marshmallows without mm-hmm. fail. That's if my, my mom tradition. does not set a fire on Thanksgiving, it's not Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's what I was thankful that that's a tradition. <laughs> and it was funny because before they had got their like new upgraded oven when they remodeled their kitchen, she didn't burn stuff. There was no fires. It was when they got that like they got a nice oven and real she was like, oven. <laughs> 500 degrees isn't that hot. I can leave the room. And then all of a sudden you just smell the bitter, bitter marshmallow air. It's just, and it's not even like, not even to be mean. It's just funny. It's funny every year because it's tradition. It is a very funny tradition. It's that, and then she would also burn the the onions on the green bean casserole. Oh, yes, occasionally. That, that would also char, which is like, you really got to get oven that's <laughs> ripping to get those things on, not just like smoking. I saw one on fire. <laughs> um, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but my family always does dolmas. For Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, which, of course, if you listen to last week's episode, we talked about Lebanon and my family connection to Lebanon and Syria. And so the grape leaves are a part of that. That's like the one thing every year without fail. If you haven't had one before, it's a preserved grape leaf that's filled with rice and either beef or lamb. My family always does beef because a lot of picky people in my family. I think there's vegetarian ones, too. Yeah, you can just do rice. And then you season it with um, mint and lots of lemon and then you boil them boil them loosely it's steaming technically unless you put too much water in then they get a little boiled yeah they're just, yeah i think you're supposed to technically steam them but it's a combination they end up in like, method <laughs> yeah they end up in like the lemony water anyway yeah so. um i love them i grew up on them and that's like one of my favorites i think for you it's been more of an acquired taste I've never really liked dolmas that much in general. Yeah. Your family has not changed me on the institution, <laughs> although I am responsible this year based on my <laughs> so slander. My my family does occasionally tune into this show. And after Jonah's comments about grape leaves in the past, um, not only my dad, but my cousin, my, or my mom's cousin pointed out oh, that Jimmy. Jonah would be in charge of the grape leaves this year. So you've got about uh, two weeks to figure out how to make them. I mean, I understand the concept. It's just, <laughs> just they're not, like, yeah. They started off where I would like, like, I remember tasting them initially. I was like, I enjoy these. And then it, they just, they went down. Now I'm going to make the worst ones yet. <laughs> um, what's interesting, too, one of our friends had actually, he brought over the canned ones one time. And, like, he did those up. And I was actually really surprised at uh, how good they are. Like, they're texturally, like, a lot softer. But flavor-wise, like, pretty spot on. So if you don't have access to all the ingredients, but you do have a market that happens to sell the canned ones, give them a try. Just really funny because he preaches, like, it's not just a normal conversation about both. He's like, if you're doing domos, just get the canned ones and pretend like you made them. It's like, (laughs) it's fine. No one will tell the difference. (sighs) What other Thanksgiving traditions are there? I think dessert is really where my family... Uh, puts the least amount of effort. That's where mine put the most amount of effort, and I'm sad looking back on that. But I will say my sister-in-law, Vanessa, makes a mean pecan pie. Yeah. Pecan, she does a really good job. Pecan tassies are, like, the thing for Thanksgiving uh, growing up, and I never really had an appreciation for uh, those. Tassies are just, like, little little baby pies. For those of you that are... Un- I don't even know if that's a real word, if we're being honest. That's what my family called them. Let's look it up. 
I think it was T-A-S-S-I-E-S, Tassies. Um, but yeah, they were... No, it's a thing. Okay, that's good to know. I wasn't confident with that. I was like, I just might be making something up. The New York Times has a recipe for them. Oh, why are they called Tassies? Okay, here we go. The word Tassie comes from the Scottish for little cup or glass, which is derived from the French la tasse. That's actually really funny because my family had, like, I'm mostly Scottish in my heritage, <laughs> but that was never addressed in any portion of that family. <laughs> in, the br- in the family briefing? Yeah, in our family breeding, we never discussed the... Breeding? Yeah. I said briefing. Brief. Oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, what I heard was not wrong. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so it's funny that that word is Scottish, uh-huh. and I'm a Scottish-ish. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, those were like the probably the best things that were made. Every the desserts and sweets were like more of what my family focused on, and the rest of it was quick slapstick. Yeah, your aunt also makes a really good chocolate pecan pie. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, my family was big on Costco pumpkin pie. There was a, a time where I would make the pumpkin pies, but it was just like we didn't have enough oven space to be doing pies and everything else. Until they rented out the uh, commissary kitchen, kitchen every year to <laughs> um, run their pop-up restaurant. I didn't realize how divisive pumpkin pie was. Do you know how like angry people are about pumpkin pie? About with or without whipped cream? Or no, about like it existing. About, I mean, people are mad about pumpkin pie spice. I wasn't sure that, I didn't know that people were mad at the pie itself. Apparently people really like hate the pie with a passion. It's not good. <laughs> oh, it's you're not, just throwing that into the. It's not, it's false. It was made out of a pumpkin. But one of the worst vegetables. Fruits, <laughs> whatever whatever I think it is. it was David Chang on TikTok recently was talking about how, where, when else do you see people even eat these pumpkins? They don't. You don't even use them for anything else. It's a terrible gourd. It's the worst one. It is the worst gourd. I'm all in for the, uh, oh, what is it? Honey nut squash pie. Oh. Those are so cute when we found They're them. They're very good. They're like little butternuts, but even smaller. I love butternut squash. I think butternut pie would be delicious. Yeah, it would be better. I feel like it would be naturally sweeter and have more flavor versus pumpkin pie, pumpkin gourds in general. When we were in school, I don't remember if they said it during your version of the lecture, but like the darker the flesh of a gourd, the more flavorful it was, which is why spaghetti squash is like, yeah, it's just water. <laughs> but then you get into, you know, butternut squash, acorn squash, those darker squashes, the kabocha squash and like more robust, sweet flavor. So yeah. More of those more sugar has developed into it, which is whatever chemical that is that gives it the color yeah and um i think we need to put more respect on sweet potato pie i think it's far superior than pumpkin pie yes um oh also follow up to when we were talking about turkey eggs we were talking about turkeys um i looked it up because i was like yeah wait where do all the turkeys go so it turns out turkeys lay like one to two eggs a week which is obviously far less than chickens um, Jonah's Jonah's quails you know the normal birds and <laughs> because they lay so few eggs most of them do end up having to be fertilized and grown into full-fledged turkeys otherwise we literally wouldn't have enough really dark and funny 
Um, like you have to live so we can have Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if anybody knows anybody that has a farm that raises turkeys, they'd be willing to just like give us an egg. I understand it's a hot commodity. The price per pound is pretty pricey depending on where and when you buy your turkey. Uh, we would still like to try a turkey egg. Yes. I'm thankful for the one unfertilized turkey egg that I'll get to try <laughs> in my life. That's what I'm just manifesting. I think... The thing that I look forward to the most every year um, since probably about two or three years ago is when I started to cook my own Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, Delicious. Mainly because I like things that like are the traditional type dishes, but like with a twist. He's very New York, New York. And she did it her way. <laughs> Um, so like I don't do a whole turkey. I do um, a turkey breast and I do it wrapped in bacon. I do a roulade um, with a bread stuffing in it. Um, that was one year we did that just to appease our friend Curtis. And it turned out that like it was really tasty. It worked. Um, he was very happy. <laughs> mashed potatoes. Very simple, but like lots of garlic because I'm a garlic girl. Um, the stuffing really doesn't change. I think the big thing, the thing I am most passionate about is homemade green bean casserole. Yum, yum, yum. Um, and that's mainly because I add an ungodly amount of cheese. It's also garlicky again. Yeah. Your mix, you, garlic, garlic caramelized girl makes a onions, um, Gruyere and Parmesan. Mm -hmm. But I still always use the French fried onions because... Trying to make those myself, that like, what a waste of time. It's also really hard to do that correctly and well to get them fully coated and not bitter. Yeah. Because they're, if just it, they're not so completely crunchy. coated. Yeah, they're way crunchier when you get them from the factory. Yeah. They got that factory crunch. Crunch. Um, I'm, <laughs> I was going to try to get the recipe up on the website before Thanksgiving, but then I looked at my schedule and went, yeah, next year. <laughs> <laughs> looked back at it you're like never mind well the problem is i make it the same way every year i don't have it written down sure i just i just do it every you year just put the ingredients in and go full Br great british baking show on it and be like <laughs> this is your technical challenge figure it out make um, the green bean casserole so sorry about that sorry to be a tease next year you guys will have bomb green bean casserole this year you had to slum it with everybody else or just the ingredients and then just make green bean casserole. And I was going to say Mary Berry will be proud, but she's not affiliated. <laughs> the not uh, you can't talk about Prue. She drowns kittens. Uh, oh, and other things. I was good. <laughs> and other things. I was going to say it, but I was going to say the Prue and other things. <laughs> <laughs> Did we talk about that to people where she no. came out and was just like in her memoir? She, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, she. I actually, I think we could do a whole episode on Great British Baking Show and how I used to really love the show and now I just roll my eyes and fall asleep during every episode. It gets whiter every year, which is so funny. It gets more and more British. You know, it's not one of the things I'm thankful for this year. No. I am always thankful for Noel Fielding, though, because he will always be probably a problematic. Man peach. But he'll always be a downstairs mix-up to me. <laughs> Any other fun Thanksgiving traditions or advice that you have for people? Because this should be coming out before Thanksgiving. My advice is collaborate. Find out what Look, people are. Collaborate and listen. Yeah. Well, you just kind of, like, if someone's 
consistently making the turkeys and they're not good at making the turkeys, find a way to talk to them about it. Be thankful for that open communication and be like, hey, <laughs> we appreciate the effort. Let's come together and work on this. I'm also thankful that this year, um, at some point, I'll get to eat uh, our Thanksgiving dinner because I don't think I'm going to have any. It's been so busy. I'm not going to have any other time. So I'm thankful for making time when you can. Yes. <laughs> the industry problem of Thanksgiving. We got to work. Got to make money. Um, my advice is if you're going to deep fry turkey, do a lot of research first. If you're gonna America's do- Test Kitchen just put out a really good video about um, oven grilled turkey. Oven grilled. My- <laughs> grill roasted turkey and deep fried turkey so check that out because it's got lots of good safety tips and how to on both of them none of the recipes are i will say life altering like wow that's probably the best version of that thing that i've had but it's, but be it's solid. a great base point for a lot of technique and their turkey frying one was solid i watched the whole thing and i was like yep all correct turn off your gas when like moving the turkey in and out like it's a little it takes ten, five seconds but the <laughs> it's better than a volcano. Yeah, careful. Lots of house fires and injuries happen every year with turkey fryers. Um, the other thing, and I think this is something that everyone should just adopt in general, is don't bother putting a big pot of st- on the stove for water to boil your potatoes. Do them in the microwave. Microwave potatoes. It's your microwave is a really high tech vegetable steamer. Yeah. Just do it. It's so much faster. It's easier. It's consistent. And it's going to save you a place on the stove. And everybody knows that's already hot real estate. Hot commodity. Because if we've learned anything from our friend Becky, if it doesn't fit on the schematic, it's not getting cooked this year for Friendsgiving. Oh, man. The Friendsgiving schematic. That's a whole other. <laughs> you can listen to it. We talked about it. That's true. There's a blueprint. There's a there's a will. There's a way. Smell that? What's that? The marshmallows are burning. We got to go. <laughs> Oven's at five fun dough. Let's go get them. Thank you for listening to Love, Food, Hate, Money. This podcast is edited by John Watkins of Feather Fiction Studios. He also does our original music. If you're not sure what to wear to Thanksgiving this year, we do sell the perfect shirt for that. It says, I'm just here for the food. Love, food, hate, money. And let your family know what you really think about them. And if enough of you pre-order them, We'll even put a little picture of a turkey on it. I'm just throwing that out there because I think it'd be very funny. I don't know what enough is either. It's an ambiguous term, but let's see what what traction we can get. Look, guys, Jonah is making promises he can't keep. But if you'd like to order a shirt, I think if you order by the time, like within the same week this episode comes out, we can probably still get it to you on time. So hit us up. Uh, we've launched the Patreon. We're still working on getting some more content up there. We've got new stickers, a new poster. We're working on new shirts. Uh, lots of fun merch. We're working to build out the website still. It's going to take us a little bit of time because it's the first time I've ever built a website. And computers are hard. Um, <laughs> They've been called worse. Uh, check us out on social media. Um, if you would rate and review us. That would be super helpful. It helps other people find the podcast and tell your friends and enemies about us. It's the best way for a little podcast like us to grow is if you tell other people to hate listen just like you're doing right now. Spread the agenda. That's all I got. Thank you all very much. Bye. Bye. I made a mess. <laughs>